0: Welcome to Sound & Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound & Vision, Brian Alfred. Claire Grill is an artist from Chicago, Illinois, who lives in Queens. She received an MFA from Pratt and attended the Skowhegan School of Painting and Sculpture. She's had solo exhibitions at Reserve Ames in Los Angeles, Soloway in Brooklyn, New York, and Horton Gallery in New York City. She's been included in notable exhibitions at the Bronx Museum, the Pennsylvania College of Art and Design in Lancaster, and at Artspace in New Haven, Connecticut. Her work has been discussed in Art Forum, Modern Painters, The Brooklyn Rail, and Hyperallergic, amongst others. I went to her studio in Industry City in Brooklyn, and we talked about brothers and sisters, the process of painting, and Alex Katz being a snappy dresser. Here's our conversation. you feel like there's not too much in the way of art stuff. Yeah? Yeah,
1: I know, I know. But Unless I, it's like a recorded lecture and you don't have those yeah. visuals.
0: Did like you me. did you go to Skowhegan? I
1: did.
0: You did. Did you have? Did you guys? When you were? What year were you there?
1: I was there in 2011.
0: Did they have? When I was there, they had tapes that oh, you could wow. listen to. Yep.
1: Yeah, well, it's all. It was all CDs. Oh okay. Like, um. That's so weird. That we're ta- not that far apart in age. They're two nineties. Yeah. <laughs> what year were you there 99 okay that's so interesting so they were audio tapes
0: yeah they were cassettes wow and you could just listen to whoever. They, everyone who came through there they recorded it yeah and i remember yeah. there were like an, there was an alex katz section he was yeah there so much yeah but i love listening to those
1: same here and i mean I, i'm sure it was the same when you were there like the code was you can't copy them oh yeah you take, can't like it was tape. part of the like secret <laughs> specialness of Skowhegan and i i love that and i like yeah. i i did copy a couple uh-uh. but i have never listened to them again right and <laughs> but i have them i mean kind of everybody did yeah but i like i really liked that i don't know that rule that like
0: what happens here stays here. Yeah.
1: Shortly.
0: It is kind of like Vegas, Scott Higgins. It
1: is like Vegas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what happens there stays there. Well, and there.
1: like when I went, I guess I didn't dig too deep, but the, it wasn't like there were tons of pictures online. Yeah. Um, there was like just enough information, but it did not give you a taste of like the whole experience at all. There was
0: just a word of mouth. Like you would hear It was word of about, mouth. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, um... Yeah, and when I got there, yeah, and but I was, like, one of those people who completely loved it, completely yeah. drank the Kool-Aid. I, I, like, barely left, you know. Are I, would like, really? go into town a little bit, but, no, I was, like, all in, and those lectures.
0: It was good. Who was there like, when you were there? Like,
1: changed me. Who was there? Yeah. Um, visiting faculty, we had Chris Opheli. Nice. Um, Vito Acconci. Um... Judy Pfaff, uh, Alex Katz. Oh, he. Was, no. uh, his lecture was incredible. Oh man. <laughs> he wore. I remember he wore like a, like a pink, linen shirt, like popped collar, mm-hmm. white linen pants. He had them bring the um, like a five hundred pound huge armchair down from the library <laughs> for him to sit in on yeah. the stage, and I remember during his lecture a giant video like a 10 minute long documentary that I think his daughter made uh-huh. of him painting played on a loop behind him while he talked while he talked um, yeah I, and he would just like refer to it and note how amazing that was and <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was just like brilliant and I think I don't know how old he was at the time but I think like in his early 80s how yeah. old is he
0: it must be I'm get, I, I don't know exactly but yeah. he has got to be around there. At he has stamina. Yeah. He's uh, uh he's impressive and he's no stranger to the Maine summer, right? Cuz he right? Lives, he has a I think he has a place up there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The other was just in Maine
0: and, and I was telling him about that collection. Did you go see it?
1: Yeah, at, Col, uh, at Colby. Colby Co- yes. Yeah. Colby College. I think amazing. it's the largest group of
0: his work. Yeah. In one institution. Yeah,
1: it's amazing. Yeah, I
0: was well, I think experience. he's a
1: really good parent.
0: So yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. And I love that he doesn't take more than a day to make his paintings.
1: I know and that. That's actually what I learned from that video. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, <laughs> the time, yeah. the time constraint he puts on it.
1: Yeah, I. I mean it. It changed things for me in, in that I. I think prior to that lecture, I. I thought about the imagery that mm-hmm. he painted. Yeah. And I didn't think of how they were painted and it's so risky to paint like that yeah like it's so direct and to paint that large i
0: know they're huge a lot of them are they're he huge does it, it doesn't matter how big he does it in a day
1: right and they're so fresh i mean he he's obviously like a master of color because he's got it all figured out in advance yeah um but yeah i just thought they were really really risky really ballsy
0: yeah well he's been doing his thing you know yeah for a while to where he's probably really confident in his yeah. process although it's he it seems like it's always a challenge for him yeah. at least from listening to him talk yeah i don't know but that, those tapes i mean that was from must have been from a long time ago i don't remember
1: yeah i mean i think he's probably done so many i listened to the agnes martin uh, oh yeah. from the 80s and it yeah. that was like a real that's one of the ones that i took
0: so wait, there were CD. What, did you just burn it to your yeah, laptop? Yeah, I just
1: bur- yeah, burned it to my laptop. Did they have Wi-Fi? They did, but not in the studios.
0: <laughs> this is so, so late. I know. Like I was, I, when I was there, there was one, I think it was just one computer that had internet access. Really? And you had to wait to get on it. Oh, and, wow. But That's there was, good. there was so much, it was so early in internet that it wasn't even that great to right. be on the internet. Because right. everything took forever and it was Yeah, no I'm trying to
1: remember really. when I first got email. Like, I, I was studying abroad in 99 mm-hmm. and I think that was the first time I had an email account. Hotmail? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Claire A. Grill at hotmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or CA Grill. Yeah, and you had to go to internet cafes. Yeah,
0: and Netscape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were the days. Mm-hmm. Was he your favorite visitor? And did you get a critique with him?
1: I got oh, I got a critique with Susan Frican, which was oh, amazing. Nice. She went to
0: Penn State. Did she? She did. Uh. She is, yeah, a while ago. Yeah. I mean not to date her, but
1: she she was she was great. She was um a little she was shy. She she said that she doesn't really do many studio visits. So I can imagine. She yeah. was kind of she said she was like a little uncomfortable being I, like being in my studio.
0: Yeah, it was awkward. Um,
1: yeah, but but we were able to just talk shop about materials, which was so nice because yeah. she's such a master. Um, so yeah, and she, yeah, she grinds all her own paint and doesn't. I don't even think she uses solvents, which is really strange because they're so matte sometimes. Yeah.
0: How does she I wonder how she Is that, that
1: right? Maybe I'm making that up, but I'm pretty sure she said she just uses linseed oil and pigment.
0: That's impressive. She's
1: like a total purist. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it,
0: was it a good crit or
1: Yeah It was just nice to have it? it was either? a different kind of crit. Yeah. It wasn't the kind where she like busts your ass and, you know, right. says something like really life changing. She was kind of quiet. Um and I think a lot of crits go this way. She I found I was kind of transitioning, I mm-hmm. think, in my work from something that was more image-based to something that was not. Mm-hmm. And um, I found I felt her just sort of urging me to lose the image. Yeah. And I think part of me was like, "Well, she's just telling me to do to make paintings like she makes." Right. <laughs> but um but I don't think she was. I think she maybe she saw that I was really interested in something that wasn't an image. Something that was just about how the paint looked. Yeah. Um,
0: Which is really valuable. Yeah. And a lot of times people, You, I guess in retrospect, I understand it now. Maybe at the time I didn't know it that much, but a lot of critiques that you have people come in your studio and they're so clearly just coming to your work in relation to what they do yeah and i think the rule of a good teacher is to come in and just see the work yeah for what they're trying to do and don't bring your agenda and what you
1: think about
0: your own work or the way you see them you know try to understand how that person is trying to look at the world right represent it be open yeah and and give them ideas on how they can challenge what they're doing or how they can think about it differently, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe, and I would imagine if you're not doing a lot of studio visits, that might be harder to get away yeah. from, you know? Yeah, Whereas if you're constantly teaching and critting, you just start right. to leave your stuff behind and right. just understand what different people are doing.
1: Yeah. And I think she must just, she strikes me as a painter who just cares really deeply about what she makes yeah. and about painting and... Like, she's distilled it down to its essentials.
0: Well, that's refreshing. I, I imagine that's a rarity these days. Yeah. Everyone's so, we're just so busy that it's hard to be such oh, yeah. a purist in life. Yeah.
1: Put everything in. Put all the colors. Put yeah. all the shapes. Who cares? Just
0: print out whatever. Stick right. it on the cam- you know, just But yeah. a purist, too, also in that she, I would imagine, if it's the kind of person who's mixed, if, if someone's the kind of artist who's mixing their own pigments, and using like minimal uh, materials mm-hmm. and, and imagery, and you know, you can just imagine that they're not—they're closing themselves off from all yeah. this stimulus that yeah. everyone else is tapping into. You know? Yeah. Maybe it's just like it's kind of like the Agnes Martin. Thing. I was about there's, to say Agnes and Taos. <laughs> yeah, it's like all everything in the world's every piece of artwork is about beauty, right? It's either. Mm-hmm. Making something beautiful, or talking Mm. about the lack of beauty in the world, which Mm -hmm. I think is really interesting. So you can either embrace all the craziness of our soon-to-be augmented reality, or Mm -hmm. you can just, you know, talk about talk about it in the sense that you're just ignoring it.
1: Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, and then uh,
1: you have room for you. Yeah. (laughs) Like you have room for, what the hell you make.
0: Right. And what it means to you, and not everyone else.
1: It's like informed by quiet instead of noise. Yeah. Maybe.
0: That might be one of the, you know, one of the best things about something like Skowhegan is that you can go out in the middle of the woods mm-hmm. because a lot of people don't have that, you know, the the upstate studio or whatever. Yeah. And to get away from it all in a way mm-hmm. and just focus in on your work because, well, you know, when you're in the city, there's... A gazillion things that keep you busy that yeah. you have to deal with you know oh yeah you don't have alternate side parking rules there,
1: you,
0: know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know and the yeah. 5,000 other things like that that, yeah. that just take up your whole day I
1: mean this is like why I love having the studio like ha- yeah. having worked at home for so long I am enjoying so much the fact that I can go get water without like thinking oh if i just do these dishes then i'm gonna have a good day oh yeah or like go to the bathroom oh i should wash the towels yeah i'll just throw in a load of laundry oh you know let me just run to the mailbox and mail that bill or whatever it's so nice to not have that kind of noise
0: definitely you got to get away from it to be able to really focus yeah yeah you throw a kid into the mix and forget it yeah (laughs) (laughs) i used to have my studio where i lived and and, you know, it, once I had my son, it was a no-go. Yeah. Like, I thought it was just because I can't have, like, you know, matte medium jugs around. Because right. he'll get into it or whatever. But yeah. it wasn't that, really. It was just that I have to, I, you, you have to be able to concentrate. You yeah. Know? And the thing I think a lot of artists don't understand, or a lot of people who aren't artists, they just don't understand that you need this time. And this yeah. mental space. Yeah. And, the, and the, you know, the, the kind of cliche time to just sit there and look but that's you do right. and if you don't have that then you better make your work about not having that or else it's yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a really hard time in the studio you yeah know? and you
1: can't you can't impose it you can't like prescribe yeah. when that happens you just have to allow for it which involves carving out time and space
0: yeah that's the magic you know how some people say like oh artists they, they just sit around and wait for inspiration do you have to wait for inspiration it's not that you mm-hmm. don't you know, that's kind of the cliche, yeah you know, waiting to be struck by an idea. Yeah. No, you just have to go be able to empty out your mind and yeah. think right about what you're working on. So yeah. it's not really inspiration, so to yeah. It's it's mental time. It's right. like focusing time.
1: Yeah, and I also think it's um, it's exercise. Like yeah. um, I think it's like I like to think about it like um, growing a muscle. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you exercise a muscle, it grows and grows and then you find this strength there. And it's like, it's like that, like make, painting every day, drawing every day, whatever it is you do, making whatever you make every day so that you grow that muscle. But it's like your gut muscle yeah. that is your guide that tells you what, you ma- what you've made. It's your core. It's your core, yeah. It's your it's your, your, it's your abs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just come in and plank for an hour. Before. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but it is your core, because if you don't have that core, then you're scattered and you can't. Yeah,
1: I think that's how that's your center. That's how you find out what the hell you make. Yeah. It's by doing it all the time, and growing that confidence and that strength. Yeah. And, like, some of the time, the inspiration will happen mm-hmm. or that moment where you're like oh shit is happening this Light is bulb. so exciting yeah, yeah. but it's not something you thought of it's something you that just happens to you because you allow for it
0: yeah I always say it's like hour six in the studio when that's yes. what happens. when you're yeah. just rolling yeah you the music going you're working and working working and then yeah. you hit that moment where you break through and something you don't even realize it, right
1: but I I feel like I know when I'm in that zone mm-hmm. because I realize that my eyes are really wide. Like literally, I'm looking with eyes like it's dark outside.
0: Uh-huh. Let everything in.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think I'm seeing more. I mean, I I think it's like a subconscious thing. Right. But I if I'm if I become aware that I'm that my face is doing that, I'm mm-hmm. like you're in the you're in it.
0: You're in the zone. Yeah. 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 It's like when you go running and you run so long that you stop feeling
1: Dude, I just did a, my the, first marathon. Oh, really? I know this feeling. Yeah. It yeah, is it's like an a, amazing experience what's
0: well, come up a lot on this podcast of different people talking about oh, really? exercise and the oh, relationship really? between working out and huh. making art what and, do people say well what have, Rudy, Rudy Shepard who we, I just released today his podcast he's an ultra marathoner wow. so he's doing the Vermont 100 I think it is 100 mile
1: run wow yeah right? that's anyways a, yeah. he
0: runs like four scum stuff. does he know about the Barkley I'm sure, I don't know much about running, but I'm sure. It's
1: insane. It's this race in, oh, where is it? It's in, like, the Appalachian Mountains somewhere. uh West Virginia, I think. And um, it's 100 miles through the mountains. There's no map. Um, The elevation gain is insane. I don't know what it is, like... 10,000 feet or something and you have to do it in a there's a time limit um
0: that sounds awful it's um, (laughs) sound.
1: there's a documentary about it now Uh um oh what else like there's no map but there are planted along the route Mm -hmm. there are um books and each runner gets um a number, and you have to tear out that page number and put it in your, like, Ziploc baggie. And then at the end of each course, which I think three is a complete, Mm -hmm. um, you have to turn in your page number to prove that you've, like, hit all the marks. And you can only be invited to come. Like, it's super... You can
0: apply to it. No,
1: no, that's wrong. I think you can apply on New Year's Eve at like midnight or something and it's like a $1.29 application fee. There's some like random number. And um, if you get accepted and only like 15 people are accepted or something and they always have like a sacrificial lamb, like some newbie who's right. run like a half marathon. And, and
0: Just to show how the yeah the, the average person the average yeah. would do yeah. it. Yeah, and They're I mean a lot of hour. people
1: make it like eight hours. Yeah. And even people who've like done Ironman competitions, and you know, it's but that sounds like completely mental. Yeah, it's like turning. It's completely mind over matter. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you know, being an artist is just as difficult. You're just navigating through the this world. (laughs) It's just as challenging, right?
1: Yeah. No,
0: but I would imagine. So you run yeah so that kind of focus and feeling like you're there's a ritual to it and feeling in shape I'm sure helps out when you're making your work too
1: yeah I always
0: feel that way like if I'm you know I play soccer if I'm like playing soccer and I'm exercising and I feel like I have more energy for the studio and it kind of helps balance too the studio life and outside life
1: yeah gosh I I think I've haven't thought about it very much in relation to the work but i'm sure it affects i think there i think that place of going away mentally is the overlap for me yeah i mean i i didn't i don't know when i like started running but one of the reasons that i <clears throat> started running kind of seriously was just to take a break like get out of the studio yeah. I was working in my the bedroom of our apartment so a really small space and I don't use a lot of solvents but you know it gets kind of close Stagnant. in there yeah. so I would go for a run and that felt really good and then and then I started liking the um, the like challenge or the like little goals that you set if you're mm-hmm. going to run a race you have to train for it And so it's like baby steps, one day at a time, one week at a time, and you slowly build. And it's super exciting to be able to accomplish. You're constantly accomplishing something. Yeah. Um, But it's like this very, it's this end game that you're, that you know is going to be there. Maybe this is how it relates to painting. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know it's there if you keep taking those steps. Right. But even though you can't see it, you don't know what it feels like to accomplish that until mm-hmm. you do. And you only do it, like, that one time. I've heard every every race is different. Every marathon is different. Um,
0: it's on to the next one, right? I imagine once you finish one, you think, just like when you have a show. Yeah. And it comes down, you think about the next project and the next thing. Yeah. I think artists yeah. are kind of, or at least most of the ones I talk to are kind of obsessed with the next thing and not looking back Completely. and the worst thing in the world would be to have to redo a piece yeah you know yeah because you just want to think about the next thing I know
1: I actually started two of these paintings thinking I'm going to try to make two paintings in the same sort of palette mm-hmm. and I I can't
0: didn't happen <laughs> they just started that way and then they started the
1: that way and it's like I just that is... It's boring to me. Or it's... I know that one I, one is going to be better than the other. Mm-hmm. So my impulse is to, like, change the identity of one of them. Yeah. Like... Yeah. I don't... I can't really work that way.
0: What if you have one day you have twins?
1: Uh-oh. Or <laughs> quadruplets.
0: Oh, jeez. You're all going to be different. <laughs> different clothes for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Well, let's, we haven't even talked about where you're from and how you got into art. Can we um, dip into that a little? And then somehow circle it back to Skowhegan, because I want to To figure- running marathons in Skowhegan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm from the west suburbs of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, one of five, but, and we're five within seven years. So Whoa. So back to back to back. Yeah. Um, grew up in the suburbs, played in the yard all day. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents aren't artists. What did they do? Um, my mom was home with us, uh-huh. and my dad is a gastroenterologist, stomach doctor. has yeah. Yeah. Um, although I think he's really good at drawing. I've seen, like, he, I remember when we were little, he drew a hand. <laughs> and I thought it looked just like a hand, uh-huh. and that was super impressive. So um, you think
0: it comes from his genetics?
1: I think maybe. Yeah. And my mom's really... Dramatic, uh-huh. She's hilarious. Uh, creative. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a combo of the two. Are they but from
0: I, Chicago, that uh, area? My or?
1: mom's from Peoria, Illinois, yeah. like right in the right. center of the state. Yep. And my dad's from Oak Park, from Chicago. Yeah. Um,
0: Wait, is Oak Park where there's Frank Lloyd Wright houses? Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: I've yeah. I've been there. It's yeah. nice. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't look at. Art. We we drew. I mm-hmm. drew a lot. My sister and I would draw, kind of all the time. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. I didn't. Ha- I didn't go to art museums or look at anything. In cu- in high school, I took an art class. I guess I knew that I could draw well. I knew I could draw, in a way that I could render mm-hmm. from life well. Um, and I think maybe a lot of artists have this experience where like you can represent something and so you get praise for that right. and you think, oh, OK, good. I'm I good at this. This is yeah. what I do. And that carried into college, although my college didn't have an art program. Um, where did you go? St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. Okay. Um, well,
0: what did you there?
1: My dad went there and right. I had like a bunch of cousins who were there. Felt it felt f- like far enough away that I was taking a risk, mm-hmm. but it was close enough, familiar enough. Well,
0: unfamiliar. Yeah. Familiar. Familiar, f- Yeah. The f- the family.
1: I was like a homebody. I was a homesick, homesick person. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wait, were you the on the younger side? No, I'm
1: was? second oldest. Oh. Um, and I always was like that. I would get like so nervous on sunday nights like every every week oh yeah <laughs> like in grade school even into high school yeah i just was like and it's funny because i kept challenging myself like i studied abroad um for a year in college and mm-hmm. or well back up like my boyfriend and i went to different colleges um we stayed together we, we're married now but like mm-hmm. we insisted on going to different colleges but like we stayed together and then junior year we both studied abroad in Spain but we were like gonna be at you know different cities we were like 10 hours apart uh-huh. but we'd like visit each other every weekend you we were
0: high school sweethearts?
1: we were high school sweethearts wow. yeah um, but it's funny there was this like I I wanted safety but also like a challenge. Yeah. And I was homesick my second semester. I spent it in Florence and I was like so so homesick and but I like you know, I think the moment my mom was like sick of hearing me whine about it and was like, "Okay, well maybe you should throw in the towel and <clears throat> come home." Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I'm fine. Never mind. I yeah. want to do this. Um,
0: well, the second... You must have been well-adjusted because you were the second child, right? huh So you weren't... You didn't have the neurosis that usually the first child has because <laughs> the parents are freaked out because it's the first kid, uh-huh. usually. Common, yeah. And then you have a lot of siblings, so you yeah. were taking care. Was there pressure to take care of them, too, in a way? I don't or were know you... if there
1: was pressure, if it was just what we did. Yeah. We just all were... A pack. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, that's a group.
1: Yeah, and like tons of neighbors, a thousand cousins. It was, it was fun.
0: So you're still tight and family oriented. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, really tight. Um, yeah. So. So you graduated from college. So yeah. Um, yeah. So okay. So my college didn't have an art program, uh-huh. and um, but then like real quickly I decided I wanted to study art so I took class I got like credits to transfer I took classes at St. Kate's Mm -hmm. which is the women's school like a mile away that my mother went to Um, super small program like my senior year I signed up for advanced painting Mm -hmm. and I was the only one (laughs) and so they turned it into an independent Independent study study, and it was pretty casual yeah um but i had a studio for the first time and i went there all the time yeah. and i lo- and i think i developed studio practice there mm-hmm. um but i didn't look at anything i didn't look at magazines art books i didn't go to the museum. i just was just so in the dark it's kind of astounding um
0: did you know about that stuff, or you were just not too... No, know, I didn't even really
1: it? know. I didn't know about that stuff.
0: That must have been I nice.
1: knew that the MIA was in Minneapolis and the Walker. Yeah. But, like, I didn't know anybody who went there.
0: I, it seems really far away, right, when you seems It seemed far away. I was in Pennsylvania. New York seemed like a million miles away.
1: Yeah. Well, knew, Minneapolis was, like, right over the river. It was... Yeah. I had no excuse except ignorance. I was really just naive um and and then after college i went home to chicago and or actually bill and i um went to ireland for six months Mm -hmm. we got like work visas and lived and worked over there um and then and then i moved back in with my parents and like waited tables and painted in a bedroom of their house and then I kind of quickly w- was like, okay, I want to go on to graduate school. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that I thought to do that, honestly, was my advisor said, if you ever want to teach college, um, you need a master's degree. Right. And I didn't even think I wanted to teach at that point but I was like oh you can get a master's so that's what I'll do (laughs) I should do that right (laughs) yeah Yeah. so uh, so I applied to schools and I got into Pratt Mm -hmm. and came here in 2003
0: so if you were homesick in Minneapolis what was it like when
1: you so well so Bill my um, my boyfriend at the time Mm -hmm. came here to do the teaching fellowship at the same time okay and i it it was him like i didn't feel homesick for a minute it's funny (laughs) (laughs) uh to say that out loud but it's true no but that probably like i completely took it all away it was so exciting like we we had been apart for like six seven years Like, after I moved back to Chicago, he moved to Milwaukee to volunteer and teach. So, like, same thing. We were an hour and a half away from each other. Uh Like, we could see each other on the weekends, but we were doing our own thing. Right. Um, We were, like, very stoic in that way. Or in ways that I think it was kind of mature uh, for kids. Yeah. But it was what we needed and what we wanted and then finally though finally we could be together in New York and mm-hmm. it was so great and um, grad school was great and what um, year
0: did you go to Pratt?
1: 2003 to, oh, to 2005 graduated in 05.
0: So now you started learning about galler, or going yeah. To galleries and the, yeah Every, people. I mean the like
1: roof got blown off yeah. for me here yeah it was amazing
0: did you have a moment where people were like, wait, you don't know about this?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, when because like, grad
0: school—it's not like you're going to undergrad in New York City where people would be like, oh, you don't know Bruce Nauman? That's dude, weird. No, but I it's mean grad school.
1: The first week, like one of my—this is so embarrassing—but a teacher was going over the syllabus and she was talking about Chelsea, mm-hmm. and I didn't know who Chelsea was. <laughs> 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 No kidding. And it's
0: kind of sweet and like it's the so it's it comes so to the naive.
1: City. It's really it it <laughs> is. It was like I was completely uh just unaware. Yeah. But you know, then I got my list and I went to tell I saw all the shows and yeah, I mean, it started takes, learning and
0: takes a week to figure it out. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay, here's the galleries. These yeah. ones are like this. Yeah. This is, this and is I worked names. for
1: artists too. That was super uh helpful but also just exciting. Just um, assisting in the studio? Yeah. Yeah. Just to be around people who do this all the time right. and who think it's worth it and don't question it and like think it's so worth it that they want to pay you to help them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just I had never seen some that that you could be so serious that you could like invest your whole Life and into this practice, and that felt so cool to be around that.
0: You know, I've never done that, but uh, so many people will say that they really understood, or it was it was really helpful to just see people Mm one hundred percent indebted to what they're doing, and it's not like you know, oh, I'm going to go to work and do this on the side. This is what I'm doing. This is why I'm here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that was
0: good that you had that experience. Yeah,
1: I was like gluing little tiles on a tree stump styrofoam tree stump for jason middlebrook <laughs> and i was like this is amazing yeah this is like some people would think this is the silliest dumbest thing but i think it's awesome yeah and well i mean
0: that a lot of people think that about what we do in general right that it's kind of like a little crazy what we do for yeah a i guess and so yeah but it's not silly it's it's really amazing
1: yeah it's like dead serious yeah um Yeah.
0: So, how did you start, you know, showing your work and that? What was that process
1: like? Um, It was slow and steady, you know. I think right out of school, my friends and I were like, okay, we got to apply to the like juried shows, Mm -hmm. even the ones where you pay for them. Right. And then, like, you know, we'd get into like a couple. And then, like, a couple, like a year or two would go by, and then we were like, okay. No more paid entries, let's just apply to the juried shows where you know, no cover charge no cover charge, yeah, like we respect our work right. so I'm not paying um, yeah, uh, you know, and so slowly you know you start like start showing, but also, you know, I went to openings all the time, yeah, and met people, and um that's that for me was. I don't know, one way to just start making the making connections, I guess, mm-hmm. and um, inviting people into my studio. But it was slow. But that's your I, house. I don't think I, did, yeah, that? which was my house. That's cool. Up until <laughs> three months ago. <laughs> uh,
0: well, you know, I, I think there's this, it's funny because with studios, I've never had a really big studio. Mm-hmm. And I've, uh, often I've lived where I've worked, you know. Yeah. And I don't have a ton of studio visits. Like, I'll, I'll have uh-huh. people over, but not, you know, some people I know are just constantly having people over. Yeah. It's like a more social atmosphere or something. Yeah. Um, but there's this, like, judgment that people make on studios and, so, and all that and what it means, and I, I think it's ridiculous. You're making it your work, you know? Yeah. And um, and some friends of ours have galleries in their apartments, you know? Like, yeah. You do a lot of different things where you live. So. Yeah,
1: and in New York, I mean... You just do what you got to do. Yeah,
0: you just make what you. Yeah. However, you can make what you need to make. Yeah. You make I it. didn't
1: even think twice about. It. I mean, right out of school, I knew I needed a job, but I wanted <clears throat> to work as little as possible in order to that pay good. rent. Yeah. <laughs> and eat. So I nannied. Um, part I always did it part time. Yeah. Um. And it was a great job. Yeah. Um. Because I had guaranteed studio time every week. And um, I'm not an artist that can be in flux like that. Like, I have a lot of friends who, you know, would work when there's work and not work when there isn't. Freelancing. Freelance, and yeah. And that just wasn't for me. I needed, like, the security of that space. Is That time is there for me to yeah. paint. And um, so...
0: Well, that's a good gig because those kids need someone's got to watch them. Right? They I'm needed me go. more
1: than I needed that job in yeah. ways, and and it was also like lovely and yeah. you know, just as a human being, it was a really cool job to have. Yeah. Um, but um, oh, but yeah, working at home was just the way i saw it was like i didn't have to spend you know two hours commuting like i could have as much time in my studio as i could afford yeah so it and we lived in queens we still do we've lived in sunnyside 13 years the whole time um and we had like a pretty big apartment and the there was enough space to do to do that at home so
0: that's all you need yeah well it's funny because what you were saying about having the studio in your own apartment where you get sidetracked by the dishes or something comes yeah. up that probably balances out with the fact that you don't have to commute. You can squeeze in the late night, you can go a little longer because yeah. you're not driving home. You know, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. It probably evens out in the end.
1: Yeah, I what I loved the most was just getting up, getting my coffee, going like right in fifteen it. minutes. I'm just, I'm waking up with the work. Yeah. And the world isn't in my head yet. And I'm not checking any email or, I just, it's just like quiet. And I like that.
0: I think when you're younger, it's nice to have that just crazy condensed amount. And then I found as you get older, it's important to have time away or like to understand. Yeah. You need some life experience and travel. For me, it's travel. I love traveling. It's really yeah. inspirational for yeah. thinking about work and, you know, you need to balance that time in the studio and then real life time too. Yeah. That's all, And having a kid does that to you. It mm. just forces you to, mm. you know, well, if you're a parent who cares or you uh-huh. want to be involved in the process, yeah you, know, you, yeah, you have that time away and it's kind of nice to, so when you do come back to your studio and you do work, you can really focus and yeah. you really value that time where I think yeah. for... 10 years there I was just every day all day in the studio you know mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. you take
0: it you take it for granted I think
1: yeah yeah I bet
0: so has having this studio is have you found that like when you get in you really want to yeah squeeze the most out of this time yeah
1: and I just have this clarity in here I can see the work yeah this is the other thing my my apartment studio is um Like, our apartment's on the first floor, Mm -hmm. and the studio faces the courtyard. So, it's not that bright in there. There's some Mm. light in the morning, but um, it's pretty dim. And I could only have like two paintings up at a time, really. Yeah. And in order, like, being in here, I can have, you know, six big paintings up on the wall, and I can see them all. I can notice something and, like, respond to it right away without yeah. having to like tetris my Switch all the paintings in. back into the hallway <laughs> or you know yeah and then get it out and then sit and look at it and try and respond like yeah it just this is a lot more fluid and they have um, a
0: dialogue with each other too like, yeah. when you show I your can, work yeah it's about what happens between the paintings completely too, you
1: know so yeah if you're
0: working one at a time and never really looking at the other ones and you put them all together and sometimes it could be good you could be like oh this is really cool to see yeah and sometimes it could be... Toxic. Know, they're, not, they're not feeding each other, or they're
1: not talking no. to each other. Like yeah. Here, here they are. Completely, yeah. I, I feel like I'm moving through... Like I can... I can develop color so much better. Yeah. Just because I can... I have all these other references. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm a real, like... I'm an intuitive painter. Like, I paint... Um, what I see,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there's a whole window of north facing or a whole yeah. wall of north facing windows, so I'm I can see everything, and it's amazing. Yeah. I love it in here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, are you when you're painting? Do you listen to a lot of music? I, I mean, do. I know you do podcasts, but what's what's your music?
1: I listen to. Um, it depends. I listen to like. In the morning when I come in, nothing. Then I turn on usually, like, KEXP, mm-hmm. listen to that live um, until I get sick of it or until it's, like, not doing anything. Yeah. And then um, in the afternoon, sometimes I'll listen to i listen to Brian Lair, <laughs> mm-hmm. listen to news, um, or podcasts. But sometimes, like, if I'm in a music zone, I'll listen like, – I'll just listen to whatever's on my, you know, playlist, whatever's on my playlist. Yeah. Right. And oftentimes a thing happens where I'll like, there's just, there's a song, it could be any song, but I just want to play it on repeat mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll do that for like four hours sometimes. Yeah. Like just, it's like a little switch in my head. Um, and I don't plan it it's just something it's like an impulse like oh I want to keep hearing that and then that's all that's another that's like looking with your eyes like it's dark out it's yeah. a similar thing like okay I'm in a sweet spot
0: right well what does um,
1: like a mantra or something
0: what was the playlist like growing up in the suburbs of oh Chicago? funny uh, my mom liked the your family, Beatles. Right? Your, your brothers. My brothers,
1: my, actually, two of my brothers are drummers. Um, gosh. I mean, like, radio, like, top 40. But, like, my mom and her family loved the Beatles, so there was mm-hmm. a lot of that. Um, Grateful Dead and Fish in high school. Um, and, like, you know, just as I've gotten older, my musical world has expanded quite a bit yeah but um but again like we were outside growing up we were outside all day and night remember that yeah it was awesome
0: (laughs) (laughs) i guess kids in the suburbs can still do that i wonder if they're still quite as i'm sure they're not all the video game excitement
1: oh yeah but maybe and i just think people are more fearful (laughs) unfortunately yeah parents are more fearful
0: Yeah, and more protective.
1: I wish they weren't.
0: Well, you know, we used to have the just be home by dark.
1: Yeah, totally. (laughs)
0: Which seems crazy as a parent now. I'm sure. Because we've been trained to, you know. Yeah. There's no end. Just, you know, jumping in the car, we'd just jump in. Yeah. I used to ride in the back seat, you know, where the back seat goes up. They were bench seats. Yeah. And then there was the glass, you know, the back, the rear window. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it would go in the nook there. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you'd be arrested in two I seconds. Know, if I know. I can
1: remember today. doing that. I can remember being pulled over, my dad being pulled over, and me being in the way back, uh, and yeah. him telling me to get down. Yeah,
0: he was like, <laughs> you can't ride in that. Right. But it wasn't like you got, you know, child protective services. No, no. We used no. to go to soccer games in the back of a pick tru- pickup truck, like all of us uh-huh. dangling from the side. Uh-huh. You know, this is not like that anymore. <laughs> well, which is probably, it should be.
1: It should be more like that.
0: Yeah. I don't
1: mean be. like... Yeah. I just we're too careful.
0: Yeah, we've lost a little bit of our freedom in that yeah.
1: sense. Yeah. I think technology and trust.
0: technology has done that to us. When when Could it be. seems so liberating, it's really tethered us to, you know, all our responsibilities, you you're always accounted for, you're here that you know.
1: Yeah.
0: You've got too much answer. information. Yeah, answer everything all the time. You're always, you know, on the clock. hmm Yeah. So it's I don't know. I'm not good at turning off my phone when I'm in the studio, too, you know? Yeah. Or or disconnecting, which I think is probably a good thing to do, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, we used to, when I was working at home, unplug our DSL at Mm -hmm. night and then, you know, so that in the morning there was like no internet. And that helped, but then, like, I have a smartphone, so you could check your email if you want. And same in here, there's no Wi Fi in here. Which helps, but, yeah. you know.
0: You're still, yeah. we're still on.
1: You have to be disciplined. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard to be disciplined.
0: It is, and I think when you have a kid, you always feel like you want to be, if you're able to have a phone and able to be connected, like, you want to keep an eye out. Because in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, what if there's a right. Or what if someone calls? You know? Right. Which never happens, but you know it's psychological yeah it's like we have the ability now whereas my parents it was you know you go out if you don't come back i guess at night we go looking for you yeah or you would ask the other kids right seen them right you know you couldn't really keep track of people like you can now right well let's talk a little bit about these paintings too while they're here and if you don't mind we'll take some shots and put them up on the site so people can see them okay but um your process? How? I mean, I don't want to get too technical about you know yeah. your painting process, but it, it seems like there's the the tactile nature of them is really important. Or mm-hmm. you know, in relation to what we were talking about with Alex Katz and stuff, are you a slow painter or a fast painter? Or how's your how's your time process work with the way mm. that you make these?
1: Hmm. I don't know. Um, well, it really depends on the painting um, I'm not a painter I don't make a painting in a day yeah
0: um, there's layers going on here, there's right?
1: layers they're not about the gesture yeah they're about tiny tiny gestures I guess mm-hmm. I don't know they're not really about anything but they um, they really do range time-wise like that gray one behind you mm-hmm. was for months Uh, purple painting Mm -hmm. that was just really fussy. It was feeling really fussy and choked up and like eventually, and I I never wanted it to leave the studio because there was something wrong with it and every time I'd go into it, I was making tiny, tiny little moves and which is a sign for me either that it's almost done or it's Just dying slowly. (laughs) Yeah. And so, like, eventually I got the nerve to, you know, deface it, to give it, like, a facelift or I don't know, to just completely alter it. And then that painting happened, the painting that you see happened kind of quickly, like, in a matter of a couple days, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, But that history that's underneath it is for that painting, really essential. Like, mm. that's the foundation. Um, that it only serves as that, though, because what it was wasn't working. Like, I don't, I don't um, have a plan when I make a painting. I, and I wouldn't, um, like, unstretch a painting and throw it away. Yeah. I would way sooner
0: work into it, work Just it keep and
1: figure out what it wants to be Um, What
0: adds so much every time, like even if you cover it all and work back into it, you're getting all that history. Yeah, that's part of that painting.
1: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, Um, and it reveals itself to you in a as something else, like something that you didn't know. Yeah. Um, Same thing with that painting that I tipped over that was on the Mm -hmm. on this table when you came. Like that painting has been maybe a lot of people would call it finished or something like it looked nice but for me i just didn't have the i just didn't believe it was a painting yet and um i felt like the color was not at all as complex as i wanted it to be mm-hmm. and but it like took a lot of nerve to change it yeah that is that's like Tough for me. Yeah. Um, Eventually, I do it, and then I and then I think I've made a painting. But it's it's hard to like work it up because there's so much information that's already there. Mm -hmm. There's so many lovely little parts. Um, um, So, anyways, I guess they take. Sometimes I can make a painting in two weeks. Sometimes it takes. Nine months. Yeah. Um,
0: well, you say they're not about anything, but they are about abstraction, I and mean, obviously they're about the way you make them and how yeah. they look. But they're yeah, about okay. abstraction. But so, what do you? There's a and there's an iconography to them. I mean, they have a look that responds or talks to a certain modernist abstraction, and mm. you know, paintings in history. Are there? Are you looking at those people? In are they a heavy influence at all, or you I, know?
1: I, again.
0: <laughs> or wh- if not, where are you coming to this aesthetic from? You know what I mean?
1: Um, textiles. Okay. Antique textiles. Yeah. S- um, specifically, embroidery samplers. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been looking at those things for a few years, and I make drawings um, that are like really loose interpretations of them. There's a couple on the table I can uh-huh. show you. Um, but they are, I like them for their mood. I like them that they were touched completely over so much time. Yeah. They're completely so tedious. The amount of little teeny tiny stitches in there mm-hmm. um, that results in something completely beautiful, but also sort of sad when you think of them as these artifacts of women's history and mm-hmm. that this was her and this was like i don't know part of it part of what decorated a woman's sphere and part of what was like a, an embodiment an artifact of um her role yeah and her education in craft mm-hmm. and in artistry rather than in math and science
0: and the things that were handed down to right yeah a tradition and a certain geographical influence mm-hmm. because if you look at some textiles from like the northeast certain things that might have been influenced by native american or and then some down south that are totally different maybe there's mm-hmm. more of an african influence to those textiles you know yeah and and those
1: aspects are are interesting to me but i think i'm more drawn to these things for something less specific for Just like the
0: visual of them their visual and the mood of them, yeah
1: like they're worn out they're obviously they're antiques, but they're they're beautiful and sad in the same breath, mm-hmm. and they have a mood about them that yeah. I'm drawn to um. They were made by hand, which I think so, which is really satisfying just to look at. Um, something that somebody made with a lot of time and patience and touching. Yeah. Um, but, like, at- a couple of these, like, there's a Chinese textile show at the Met right now. And, you know, I just, like, took some pictures of little details of one of these tapestries. And that was like a starting point for the image the you know the logic that you can see even though it's not like obvious or nameable you can tell there is some sort of logic to the thing or Mm -hmm. some sort of decisions being made um yeah those two um kind of started there but i start i start with those kinds of Im- that that imagery, or looking at drawings that I'm making based on these things, and the beginning is often really um, fast mm-hmm. and I guess gestural, whatever, uh, automatic almost. It's just grabbing information from what's around me and putting it on there, mm-hmm. basically to have something to respond to to yeah Yeah. and then I start kind of guiding the color and this and and I pretty much paint flat on the tabletop Mm -hmm. um, which just helps me see the raking light yeah and the texture that I see happening is a lot of what I respond to so the imagery isn't it's not inspired by um, modernist painting. Mm-hmm. It's not. In, it's not taken directly from textile. It's. It's. it's um, somewhere in its history, informed by mm-hmm. that, but it's. It really is of itself. It's of the light that falls on it, and whatever um, little like texture you can see happening from whatever was underneath it, and yeah. How how it dragged when the sandpaper tried to rub it off or right. um,
0: They have a little bit of that feel of like um, sofas or rugs whenever you push it one way and it makes a yeah, darker more. Like velvet. Yeah. Yeah. Like velvet, yeah. There's a lot of that kind of textural. Like you don't know it's which is funny because when you see them up close, they're not that deep. You know what I mean? They're yeah. not that they're thick. not thick paintings, no. but they, from a distance, they look like they're really yeah. worked, and there's a Hairy lot of paint going something. on. But like, if I look at the surface of these, I don't think it's that deeper than like paintings that I make. But my paintings of reproduction look super flat. Like people think they're just perfect, like they're made to uh, not have any hand uh, in it. But these, I feel like it's a similar surface. Uh huh. But you're getting a lot of depth with not a lot of physical depth.
1: I think it's I think it's so interesting that a single color can look different if it's if the brushstroke is just going in a different direction. Yeah. Like those really subtle, subtle ways you can impose your hand mm-hmm. on it can make a real like a universe of space and and that's really exciting to yeah. me. I think there's so there's a lot of activity in what's really quiet, and when it, but it invites you in hopefully because it's got a warmth to it, mm-hmm. and then it reveals all of this um, energy, this buzzing.
0: Yeah, they are sonic. I mean, to me, they feel like I mm. like that you're improvising because they have a jazzy look to them. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? They yeah. Improve. I mean, part of that is improvisation yeah part of that is there's a slight connectivity between the music of that time when you think about free jazz or uh, you know breaking down the boundaries of a traditional structure uh-huh. and that abstraction in a way uh-huh you know? and then also that time period there were abstract paintings that may have been dealing with shapes and color yeah. and you know it kind of I'm sure that's the furthest I'm getting the sense that that's not really in the front of your mind but it's interesting that that dialogue is there yeah
1: yeah it is interesting
0: like you could you could have one of your paintings the cover of a of like you know a John Coltrane or Ornette Coleman album and <laughs> it would look right like it would look really <laughs> do you ever I listen accept. to improvisational music or is that something of interest at yeah all? we
1: listen to jazz records at home quite a yeah. bit um, funny I should listen to more like wordless music
0: Mm-hmm.
1: because um and i don't for for no good reason
0: yeah i don't know no, there's there's these have a feeling of yeah movement and but sonic movement almost huh they seem musical
1: yeah interesting
0: but the blue one i was thinking of kind of blue the miles Davis, uh-huh, uh-huh. which is so good and yeah has that kind of and it you know, I can't help but start to see hands or faces. There are some I don't know if that's purposeful or not, I, but there are funny, little moments I, of of, you know, imagery that can yeah. come in and out, which always happens with abstraction, you know. I
1: think that's such a fun part of this. Is yeah. Like I when I like when they're finished, I start seeing all kinds of bizarre yeah. things in them. Animals and faces and
0: do you work back into that sometimes, just sometimes. to mess with it?
1: Sometimes, um, yeah. Like, so I'll, I'll paint them flat, and then when I feel like I recognize that things are happening, I'll put it up on the wall and start to really deal with it and yeah. finesse it and and see connections between areas, and you know, either bring things together or pull them apart, mm. push them back, bury them, bring them up. It, You know, I start sort of working it, working the bits that I see, like, rising up. Mm -hmm. Um, But if something looks, I guess my impulse is, if something looks really obviously like a single thing.
0: You want to break it down? My impulse, yeah. yeah,
1: my impulse is to complicate it. like is it a line or a shape well what if it's both Mm -hmm. or is it up front or is it behind Like, I like that in between I like that space where you can't easily name it where you want to be there and look at it and exist with it Mm -hmm. but you aren't um, like in control of it Mm -hmm. um yeah, I guess just that space of looking—not not not an intellectual space, a very felt space. Yeah. I I like that. I like that part about it. Uh, about, I mean, well, about art. I yeah. think that's an art space. Sounds like really sim, sim simple, but it's not simplistic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. What do you, do you title them? Is there any? I do,
1: yeah. And I title them in a, in a similarly improvisational way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a notebook Mm -hmm. that I write down words in uh, that often I come to from just like stuff I read, like novels usually, Uh, just words I like um
0: but you wouldn't call that one kind of blue it wouldn't be referential.
1: no and that's another thing like i my titles if they're too obvious i don't you know
0: it goes too close to or too quickly to that place yeah
1: or if it's gonna like if it's a green painting and you name it something super vegetal i i my impulse is to go the other direction yeah um But yeah i'll sit down with my book of words and basically match titles to paintings i'll make like a list it's funny i uh pretty much only title these things with uh bill with my husband Mm -hmm. who's not a not an artist Uh, but i'll he's a writer and he knows the work and obviously me really well so it's good. Like we'll sit down, and I'll I'll go through the list, and he'll shoot them down, <laughs> and he'll maybe say, yeah, okay, either that one or that one, and it's super helpful. Yeah, like, an, like a title editor.
0: It's <laughs> a good thing to have. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's nice to be able to bounce those ideas. It is. Because yeah. titling is so different
1: than. Yeah, but I, I think... do that with I do that with paintings too. With him, I'll be stuck and be like, what do you think? And he'll just walk by and go, it's not a painting. It's not a painting. Looks nice. Not a painting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Conviction. Right? Yeah. yeah. that's good.
1: It's really helpful.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you're successful in the sense that you're getting that desire to, for things to be in between, like they may be two different things. or they're, These paintings do that. They're, they're, you can't really go somewhere mm. right away. Mm. You know what I mean? They're floating yeah. in between. Are they thick? Are they thin? Are they soft? Are they hard? Are they um, pungent? Are they... Mm. Enticing, you know. There's, yeah. there's all these dualities within the work, which I think cool. is really um, successful if that's what you're going for. Thanks.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> They're really nice. Thanks. So, what do you have um, on the horizon? What can people see your work?
1: So, I'm gonna have a solo booth at Art Expo in, in Chicago, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fun because I'm gonna, because that's where I'm Hometown from. Gravel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's in September. Mm-hmm. And also the Untitled Fair in Miami mm-hmm. in December.
0: December? Yeah. And who are you? Do you mind me asking who you're going to be with? In yeah,
1: um, Horton Gallery. Horton's doing
0: both of them? hmm Okay.
1: And Aaron Spangler is the other person in the booth in December. Nice. Yeah.
0: Sounds good. And then your website is your name.
1: Right? My website is clairegrill.com. Yeah. And for the next two months, this month and next month, I have a two-person show at um, Eddie's Room, mm-hmm. Austin Eddie's Closet Gallery, which is, uh, which is amazing.
0: Tricky to get into. You got you to gotta, yeah, make, yeah, make an but appointment, but it's
1: worth it. And um, it's, I'm paired with Matthew Rone, which is a complete treat. Yeah. I'm a humongous fan. He's um, great. You yeah.
0: Know, you know, we did a podcast.
1: With him. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm, I gotta, I gotta do my homework. Take so the back
0: catalog, but yeah, Matthew was one of the first awesome podcasts that I did. Cool. So we went to school together a long time. Oh ago. really? Yeah. Ah. Huh. A great artist. So that's a great yeah. two-person show. Yeah. The I'm smallest really, two-person show. The smallest history. two-person <laughs> show, and we put big work in. Yeah, the, so, yeah. Yeah,
1: it fills the painting, fills the whole wall, and his sculptures also large. It's nice. Yeah, it's such a cool project. Yeah, I love it.
0: That's great that you're. You're yeah. involved with that. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting me take so much of your Absolutely. time today in the studio. Thanks for that the invite. Great to see this, and uh, and uh, it'll be great keeping up with what you're working thanks. on. Thanks, thanks, so much. Brian.
1: What a treat! Thank you. <laughs>